What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson, uh, alongside my guy, Sterling Harris. Sterling, how you doing? Yo, what's up? What's up? Y'all, there's so much going on in sports. I've just noticed a couple of y'all have still been watching the last episode. So I told Sterling, I said, yo, we got to run. We got to create some new content. There's been a lot going on in sports. So without further ado, welcome to my sports house. All right, Sterling. So let's go ahead and give the people what they want. Give them some uh, uh, some information, opinions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, y'all know Sterling is the perfect person for this. I, I was thinking about doing the episode, but I just feel like it's better whenever two people come together to do anything. So we just roll them with that. So we're going to start off with the transfer portal. It's been crazy to see how college football, I think it's basketball too, but we're going to talk about football specifically on this episode, how that transfer portal has kind of changed the game a little bit. Guys are now able to get immediate eligibility after like, instead of having to sit out of you, they can go play uh, almost instantly because it's like immediate eligibility. And uh, so you got a lot of guys that are transferring for reasons like they feel like they're not playing enough. Maybe uh, they're upset with the coach for other reasons, but they just go ahead and get up out of there and kind of other schools are already recruiting them too as soon as they hit that portal. So my question to you, Sterling, is do you think that the transfer portal, the opening of it and granting immediate eligibility was a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I think it's a great thing for the players. And, uh, you know, if you're a good coach, it shouldn't be a bad thing for you because if you're a good coach, then players aren't going to want to leave. So, I mean, and if you're a great coach, then players will, will come. So, I mean, I think it's great, you know, player uh, movement. <laughs> um, I always thought it was kind of dumb that, like, you could be at a school and academically transfer as you please, but when it came to sports and you had to have some type of restriction on whatever you did. Like, imagine if you was transferring schools and said, yeah, so you can't take math because you didn't, you know, stay at the school or whatever, something dumb like that, or you got to wait a year to take math and all that crazy stuff. Um, and I just think with college football, it's the same thing. Like players can freely go where they choose the uh, coaching relationships and player relationships are so key. So it's kind of just like, it's, it's just better for the sport um, where players can try to go and excel. Like if, if Justin Fields, for example, he was at Georgia behind Jay Fromm, things didn't work out. Uh, he goes to Ohio State. Uh, what if he stays in Georgia and, you know, doesn't pan out the same way because he wasn't getting the opportunity? Um, and there's a plethora of other players that, you know, had to leave just to kind of flourish themselves. So I think it's, I think it's better for the sport. And it shouldn't be that big of a problem between coaches and players, you know, uh, whether they leave or go. So I heard Joel Klatt say one thing. He said, though, a lot of times guys are entering the portal, like maybe through, throughout the season in an emotional standpoint, maybe they're upset with the coach. And so, and then nobody picks them up because right now there's a lot of guys from division one, division two, et cetera, that have went to portal. And it's like, there are not enough scholarships. So it's like, he just <laughs> hopes that nobody, like you don't kind of get caught in between there and then have to sit out because now you've lost your scholarship. And basically you're like, you're really like a free agent and hoping to get a call and might just have to pick back up on it, like kind of. Smart about it, at least. At least you, like, you got to at least be smart about it. You can't just, you know, you can't can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna transfer it, and you know, I have a plan. But I think just in the grand scheme of like 
players being able to be immediately eligible to, you know, to do what they need to do. I think that's just a good thing for the sport. So. Hey, and so I just kind of wanted to give two examples. So you got Eric Gilbert, six foot five tight end coming Ooh. out of LSU, 248 pounds, former five-star. Did some research on him. He's the highest rated tight end recruiting 200, 247 sports history. 247 is a recruiting site in case you all don't know. So him, uh, him and Darion Kendrick. And so Darion Kendrick's coming from Clemson, all ACC corner. Dabos, it felt like it was time for him to kind of move on to go to a different place. They have both signed to go to Georgia. Georgia already had a six foot seven tight end that's 260 pounds named Darnell Washington. So it's just the rich getting richer here. And like I said, both of those guys are heading to Georgia. And I think it's going to be really crazy because Darion obviously is coming from Clemson, go to Georgia and Georgia and Clemson play each other in the kickoff game at Bank of America yeah. Stadium. I will be in the building. That game is going to be crazy. <laughs> Because if you're already going to have the fans haven't been able to be in like full capacity at a stadium and both of these teams, Georgia feels like, and I think a lot of people are thinking this is Georgia's year. They got uh, their running back, Zamir White, who's returned, who had 11 touchdowns last year, aside with James Cook, Dalvin's Cook's younger brother, George Pickens, who's probably going to be one of the top receivers taking the draft. I think most of y'all remember George Pickens for throwing the Georgia Tech guy to the wall two years back on a rivalry Saturday. But they don't think he's going to be ready to go because he's had the torn ACL in uh, spring practice. But uh, they got Jermaine Burton, like, I, just because this is an audio podcast, the light-skinned receiver, really good last year. Uh, real fast guy. I'm pretty sure he, he competes on the track team. But he hyperextended his knee in spring practice this year, but they're expecting him to be back. But anyway, it's going to be a great matchup. Do you think it's kind of a championship for or a bust for Georgia this year? I don't think it's championship or bust for Georgia, but I do think in this uh, respect for Clemson, this playoffs are bust. This this is an early playoff game. If Clemson loses this game versus Georgia, I don't I don't and uh and teams pan out the way they usually do throughout the season. I don't see how Clemson makes it into the playoff because just given the fact that Georgia wins that game, they probably rattle off the rest of the season. Uh, we know Bama's probably going to be there waiting for him in the SEC title game. So those two teams will be in at that point. And uh, given how, you know, outside teams may do in the, either the, uh, the Big 12 or the Big 10, you can expect Ohio State to probably be a 10-1 and type team. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, Clemson again, uh, North Carolina's going to be right there knocking on the doorstep. We can expect an A&M team to maybe, you know, go uh, X into one, you know, maybe lose that one game to Bama. So I think uh, – this is a big game for Clemson. Georgia could probably lose this game and get away with it because they always have the SEC championship to yeah. fall back on and beating a team like Alabama or whatever the big West team is. But this is huge for Clemson. Um, they don't win this game. They're gonna be in, they're gonna be on the uphill the whole rest of the season trying to prove the committee uh, that they should be in the playoffs. So I think this is a playoff game for for Clemson most definitely to start the season off. I expect because it really if you kind of look at Clemson this year, obviously they do have Justin Ross who will be returning. But besides him, you don't really know their receiving core. They got DJ on Galegale. But you just know for a fact that Dabo Sweet is going to have the Tigers ready to go. If you early, too early prediction, you got Clemson winners for you. Got, and by the way, Georgia's quarterback, JT Daniels, supposed to be one of the top quarterbacks coming out this year. To your way too early prediction, are you thinking Clemson gets this one or Georgia gets this one? September 4th as Labor Day weekend, 730. I'm taking the Bulldogs in this one. I think Georgia with that two-headed monster, Zamir White and James Cook. Uh, JT Daniels looked really good coming off that that nasty injury he had at USC two, uh, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah. He looked really good down the stretch last year. Jordan knows who their quarterback is. Uh, 
I think he developed good chemistry with the rest of those guys, even if they're in, with the other guys that are injured. I think the people coming in, uh, he'll develop good relationships with, and they'll just go off that running game, and you know they can play action them off of that. You know, at that at that point, people are gonna be open if you got to load the box against those two guys running downhill at you um, all game long, and then he'll have a big target in Gilbert. Um, they are tend to get help that defense out, knowing everything that Clemson does offensively coming over there. So I, I think Georgia wins this game by two scores. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm giving one score for Georgia. I'll probably be rooting for Clemson, but we'll see what happens there. Now, uh, the following weekend, got to talk about another big matchup between the Big Ten and the Pac-12. You're going to have Ohio State versus Oregon at Ohio State. A lot of Big Ten fans are very excited about this. That'll be on September 11th. I'm very disappointed that it's going to be like a noon game. I don't know what Fox we having going on. They need to get that together. Like, nobody want to see me. kickoff thing got to stop. Man. <laughs> I was. I like Clat, Joel Clat. I like the, the the booth and the guys that are in the booth. But like that's way too early. But Ohio State will be breaking in a quarterback, CJ Stroud, coming out of the California area. We'll talk about him more. Uh, Oregon and Southern Cal. And I know it was COVID last year, so the scheduling was kind of weird. But they both had like kind of sneakingly good seasons last year. The University of Southern Cal. So yeah. do you think you think Ohio State with losing Justin Fields, you think they'll still be at like a, a real high point this year? You think they might take a step down? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, they got a lot of returning guys. Chris Olave coming back. Yes, sir. I, I can't remember the other receiver's name, but he might be better than Olave. I can't think of it right now. But uh, out of Texas, two, yeah, they got two experienced uh, receivers coming back. Um, I don't know how the offensive line or defensive line is going to look, but I know the defensive line last year was pretty young. Again, they had lost young and everything like that. Um, so, and they're at home. It's always hard to play there, but. Uh, you know, Mario Cristobal at Oregon, he's, I mean, he's been building something over the last couple of years. Uh, you looked at him last year and thought that might have been their year had, you know, uh, COVID not been such an issue with their scheduling and how they practice and all that thing. And so I think Oregon could be sneaky good this year. I don't know if they beat Ohio State there, but I think Oregon, you know, this is another one of those type of playoff type games for them. You know, it's the first game of the season, but if Oregon can win that game early versus Ohio State um, there, they in Ohio State had the season that we expect them to have, and Oregon can Oregon have the you know the luxury to slip up later on because they won that game there and to still make the playoff. So I mean it's it's a bunch of big games, um, but I think I'm gonna take Ohio State. They're at home. At the end of the day, they might get a little home cooking. <laughs> Oregon understanding that it's a huge game in terms of playoff hopes, they might get the they might get the dub. But it's a big game from Oregon though. It's a big game for Oregon. Yeah, you love the the big non-conference matchups. It's like that's what college football fans love. By the way, the other receiver you're talking about, Ohio State, is Garrett Wilson. And the fastest receiver at Ohio State named Jamison Williams, he actually transferred to Alabama. Which, and he's the one who caught, I think it was the second deep touchdown against Clemson in the college football playoff game. So that's the Alabama. Oh, oh, my gosh, I almost forgot to mention Henry Toa Toa. Or whatever Tua Tua, whatever that boy name is from Tennessee, he's the best linebacker at Tennessee. Decided he's transferring to Alabama too, and I think he part of his reasoning was he wants to play in some championship games, and so he's definitely going to the right place at the right time. I am so glad that we start to mention that because that's a major deal. So, Jamison Williams <laughs> heading out there to. Uh, did you see the highlights of I don't know this guy's name, y'all? I, this is just kind of off the rip. But did you know, did you see the Hollies, that guy that was a walk-on in Alabama that was cutting up everybody in practice? I did not see that. I did not see that tape. But oh, man. He's playing that big uh, walk-on that big Everybody been able to play. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so, man. man. That's what makes them great. You know, you have walk-ons out there cutting your, your scholarship guys. It makes them better. 
uh, makes everybody hungry. Uh, we see it makes you see how they're so successful each year in and out with the, the type of quality guys they have in practice. So <laughs> it's like the yeah. freshman that it's like the freshman because I was listening to Devontae Smith when he was on Club Chase Shake with Shannon and he was just talking about whatever he comes <laughs> in there as a freshman, but. He was like that. And it's like, if the freshman is walking in, like Devontae Smith, is the, the, the starters have no choice but to get better because scout team is not a break. And at Alabama, you really have no time to waste because you get because next year, guys coming in just as good as you that might want it just as bad as you. So very interesting stuff like that. We're kind of hinted at this. This was like a kind of shameless plug into what we're about to talk about next. So talk <laughs> about the three different quarterbacks. Uh, 247 put a post that I reposted back on Matt Sports House. They put a post out that I thought was very interesting. So Alabama's starting quarterback, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and then Clemson, DJ, DJ Uyunglele. I said that name so much last year, I kind of got off the bat of my head, so shouts out to me. But, <laughs> but all of those guys played high school football within 60 miles of each other. So I think a lot of people were thinking, like, you know, the West Coast just ain't putting out talent like it used to. That's a perfect example. The West Coast is, in fact, putting out three quarterbacks in major Division I schools that are starters, and it just so happens guys are leaving the West Coast in, in, in 2000 and all the way up to, like, 2008. Those guys would have went to the University of Southern Cal. Maybe Oregon yeah. would have got one, but instead all these guys are packing up their stuff and heading to the East Coast. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It might, <laughs> it might just be – you know, just a sign of the times, like with with how Oregon dipped a couple years ago, Southern Cal dipped a, co- a couple years ago. Um, you know, it's kind of being very inconsistent. A big one was Stanford for you know some time when they had luck and what uh, David Shaw was doing up there, but they just haven't really gotten back to that level that they was at. And I guess just seeing all the and on top of that, uh, I think just the time zone thing in terms of when people will see them play. Like, again, yeah. like the, these West Coast teams aren't being seen on TV on the East Coast until basically 12 in the morning. Their games are starting and people are going to sleep. If you're a big name guy, goes to Clemson, you're going to, you're almost guaranteed a spot in the playoff. Hey, y'all, uh, in case we can't edit that out, Sterling's over there by campus. And so the train's kind of going kind of crazy right now. But anyway, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And it really matters too. Guys want to be seen on TV. And they want to play in the college football playoff. It's kind of your whole purpose of going there. And these guys seem to consistently get out top quarterback. So it just, you know, kind of makes sense. You go where you can be developed and uh, become uh, hopefully a first-round pick yourself after only maybe three years of school. And look at a guy like, I mean, like Kellen Mond at, at, at a Texas A&M. He went, into, I think, the third round for the, to the Vikings. I mean, does he go to the Vikings if he goes, you know, to any other school that's not SEC, that's not Texas A&M? Uh, like, let's look at a, a guy like uh, uh, Carmen that came out of Clemson, the, the left tackle that got drafted high uh, to the Bengals. Does he go? Does he go that high if he's not at a school like Clemson? Um, you know, there's plenty of examples of you know guys almost getting drafted uh, position-wise. You know, just based on the school they went to, we could say you know potentially they went higher than we expected them to, and might not have gone as high as they've been at a school like a TCU or or UCLA now at this point, or even a USC. Uh, you know, teams like that. So. Yeah, and then like at these major schools too, uh, the Power Five ones. You know, you got Power Five on the East Coast specifically. They had all the schools, the scouts, but they had practice every week. You're playing against the toughest competition, and you're getting filmed against that toughest competition. So it just makes sense. But we're gonna switch gears here to NFL. Wanted to get your thoughts, uh, Sterling. So mandatory OTAs are among us. They have started, and Aaron Rodgers has they pretty much hinted he wasn't showing up, and he did in fact did not show up. 
And so Jordan loved the guy from Utah State they drafted in the first round. They kind of started pissing him off earlier on because they kind of felt like he was drafting a replacement. It's kind of starting to replace him. Apparently he didn't have a great day of practice yesterday. But, you know, yeah, as a quarterback, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? Do you think that he has potentially played his last game in Green Bay? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, Probably not. I feel like I don't know that there's any team that Green Bay will actually trade him to just because there's no value that you can get back for trading Aaron Rodgers. He's just that great. Um, at the same time, he just wants to get paid, I think. Uh, you know, his contract is kind of set up to where now he doesn't have any guaranteed money. Um, I think mean, he's going to get a new contract. He wants to get paid. Um, he's not going to, you know, if it comes down to it in August, I think Aaron Rodgers, as much as people think he hates football, really, and doesn't really <laughs> care about the game, I think Aaron Rodgers will show up and play football and just kind of like, you know how Aaron Rodgers kind of has that look when he's like, on, <laughs> when he's like, you know, playing, he's throwing the football and stuff. He kind of look at the sideline kind of like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm just good. Yeah, I'm that guy, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, lucky to have me as your quarterback. He'll probably do that a lot in, in, you know, in the fall during the football season, but I think he'll eventually they'll figure it out. He'll, uh, He'll get, his, he'll get his money that he wants, you know, hopefully like on a new type of deal. Um, OTA has never really mattered uh, for him, uh, you know, nowadays because he's, I mean, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. You don't, you don't need him there. You, you need him there, but he'll be fine. I, I think he'll play for Green Bay eventually once they get the contract stuff figured out. So, And then I think a lot of, t- they were saying that a lot at the camp, mini camp or whatever, OTAs, that a lot of the starters have been kind of sitting out anyways. He's like, yeah, I'll be out there when I need to. Haven't seen a lot of – about Because he's you not got? there. The receivers aren't even showing up because he's not there. So. Yeah. And they're saying basically you go get some rookies to kind of mess with Jordan Love. We'll be there when it counts. Have been seeing a lot about from Clemson receivers, kind of just wanted to mention this here, Aaron Amari Rodgers, I don't know if he got his own social media team, but I feel like he is on the Packers like post every single day. Also, Cornell Powell's getting some love from Patrick Mahomes. Ah, that was a sleeper on Matt Sports. As I told y'all in this last season, I thought he was going to be something. Uh, you know what? I'm be something. I think that's going to be uh, the a- a- outro music. Okay, but that's your technical details. But be something, Polo G. I'm a real big Polo G fan. Album dropping Thursday night, mid, well, Friday morning. Thursday night. And hey, we do it all over here on Matt Sports. Uh, shout out Polo G. But uh, also... <laughs> We've got to kind of got to go here about the Julio Jones thing. Julio Jones going to Tennessee, joining Derrick Henry, AJ Brown. I think Adam Humphreys is still there as well, if I'm not mistaken, to Tennessee in exchange for a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round selection. What do you think about the trade from Julio heading to Tennessee to join Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, hats off to the uh, Titans for getting Julio Jones for, for a shoebox. I mean, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> you, got, you got freaking the best wide receiver of probably our generation. And maybe, you know, you know, if he gets a couple of Super Bowls or something, he could probably put up there whatever, depending on who you want to compare him against. Uh, for a second and a fifth, uh, that's that's great for Tennessee. Um, you know, I guess they, they kind of understood at this point with the way their defense was kind of going last year. It was kind of going a little backwards last year towards the end of the season that you're not going to have the defense to, to, to anchor you down. Go get a guy so you can score more points than other teams. So. Uh, hats off to Tennessee for that. Um, Atlanta, I understand the trade is just kind of one of those things. It's just time. I didn't think he was going to go anywhere, but, you know, he, he did. It was just kind of – it was just time. But, you know, you drafted the generational guy and Kyle Pitts right behind him to kind of almost – I ain't going to say replace him because there's not going to be another Julio, but Kyle Pitts is a very, very great prospect uh, that you can almost put him anywhere just like you did Julio, and he'll catch balls for you and, and make big plays. So, um, 
uh, along with uh, being in the system with Arthur Smith now that he's, you know, the coach there. So I, I just think uh, – I think it was a good trade, I guess, for both teams. Atlanta can sign their rookies and start their kind of – I'm not going to say rebuild, but kind of retooling of their team because I think they could still score about 30-something points a game with what they have in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's still trying to improve their roster to try to hopefully make another push for uh, an AFC title game again and maybe maybe end up in the Super Bowl next year. So it hey, makes sense for both. Good, Me being a former Houston fan, when I saw the Tennessee thing, I was like, oh, my God. We couldn't we couldn't barely beat them without them, and now we probably ain't going to have D-Watt no more. And let's be very clear, I'm moving on wherever D-Watt moves on to. Like, this is no, like, love for Houston. And Houston made me so mad last year. I bought NFL, what is the little pass or whatever, game pass? <laughs> game pass. Because <laughs> I wanted to watch every Houston game. But week 10, oh. I was trying to go someplace on Sundays. I, I would need trying to watch the game, so that's not happening again. I'm a bootleg like everybody else does. Uh, we're going to keep moving there. We're going to go to the New England Patriots. I don't know if you saw the, the news a couple of days ago. Cam Newton didn't finish practice after needing to his throwing hand examined by team medical by the team medical staff. I think everybody kind of held their breath there. Uh, do you think the Patriots, you saw they loaded up their roster, did, did a lot of free agency? Do you think they're poised to make a run? And do you think Cam finishes the season this year? Or do you think they go ahead and get the guy from Bama? Well, they already had the guy from Bama. But do you think by the end of the year, he is the starting quarterback? Uh, I think the Patriots could, you know, easily end up in the Super Bowl this year. And I've Super Bowl? Newton. Oh, yeah, Super Bowl. <laughs> Patriots, Patriots going to be talking Super Bowl this year with a lot of, you know, they're going to scare a lot of people. And I think Cam will end up being a starter for the whole year. Look, they went out and got a, a bunch of big tight ends. Uh yeah, they they drafted Mac Jones, but that's that's more one of those like, all right, let's see where he can get to. I think by the end of the year, but I don't see Mac Jones playing a game unless Cam gets hurt playing a game for the Patriots this year. Um, I just feel like they they kind of built this thing around Cam's abilities with the getting those two big tight ends, uh, going to get them get him a big receiver, uh, born, uh, getting him another guy in Aguilar, just some more weapons, and uh, man, it's it's gonna be a show. I think <laughs> offensively by New England. And then defensively, they get about half the team back, you know, outside out from COVID. A uh, big one being Dante Hightower. He's going to show why he was so huge for that defense. Um, and, and, again, New England last year with a depleted roster, a hurt offensive line, Cam Newton had, was making Jacoby Myers money. Um, you know, basically, Edelman didn't play most of the year. He, he retired. Um, all those things going on. And, and the Patriots ended up 7-9 and nine and finished in about – four or five had about four or five one possession games last year that could have easily went the other way and um on top of that they uh they they just would they had the game against Kansas City where we could we could say if, if Cam played the Kansas City game before you know with, with, with not catching COVID New England could have won that game because defensively New England had Patrick Mahomes in the jail cell <laughs> it was it was bad so I think New England is, they're, they're talking Super Bowl this year and could in, easily end up there so Gonna be really exciting, New England. I know New England fans were not used to what kind of took place last year, so I'm sure they're ready to be back on top in the playoffs and excited for the playoffs. We're gonna move here. I mentioned Deshaun Watson's name. News has kind of come out. He was one of his the teammates from the one of the guys from the Broncos is one of Deshaun's friends was on somebody's podcast. Everybody got a podcast, including me, clearly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> was on his podcast and was and Deshaun was saying that he really wants to go to Denver. It seems like his situation is starting to clear up a little bit. And so he kind of made that statement known. I don't know if he necessarily wanted the guy to say that he out here saying that he wants to go to Denver, but it's out there now. So do you think you can see that happening, Deshaun? And they said there's no telling this is going to happen this year because they don't know if he's going to be 
suspended for some time, whatever the case may be. But can you see him ending up in Denver? Uh, no, not really. I mean, Denver just made a deal for Teddy Bridgewater the other day. They have Drew Locke, who, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to go with that situation, but they have Drew Locke. They made a deal for Teddy Bridgewater, so he'll have two years left. And to trade for a quarterback, uh, you know, that's kind of in this much of hot water, along with the fact that they have to take on this contract and everything, um, and then you almost have to almost see who you're going to sacrifice, you know, out of the, the great receivers they drafted to try to propel their offense to begin with in terms of who they're going to have to end up paying in this contract. That's going to be a lot to do if you're Denver. And at that point, you could just go into the year, see how you do with either Lock and Teddy, see if they're the guy, realize that neither of them is this guy, and then draft Malik Willis and call it a day. And then you have a Super Bowl team waiting on you. But that's just me personally. Um, And, you know, because the defense is going to be stout. Uh, so I, I think that's just what Denver should do. I think that's what they, they probably end up all doing. Um, cause they made, you know, make the deal for Teddy. If you, if you think Drew's the guy, that, that just, that just made no sense. So, uh, you know, I think they'll realize, yeah, neither of these guys are going to be our franchise guy. Um, uh, we can maybe lose more games than we thought we were going to lose and, uh, or make a trade draft night, like, you know, the 49ers or not draft night, but like maybe the bears and they'll get you Malik Willis and, um, have a great, have a great, uh, <laughs> years to follow. So Malik, Malik Willis. Malik Willis is a major prospect coming out this year against uh, coming out of Liberty this year. They play Ole Miss. I got a couple games that I like I've already kind of put on my bucket list that hopefully I'll be able to catch some tickets for in the low or something. That's another one because Malik Willis is like really uh, a real big name right now. He's a really good quarterback. He made Liberty really good this past season. He works out with Quincy Avery, the whole quarterback tree. All right, I'm going to go. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here and I'm going to come back, spin back around. Another guy that worked out with Quincy Avery, he forgo his season because he was at Wake Forest, got hurt, decided to transfer to Georgia, but decided to sit out for the COVID year and just prepare for the draft is Jamie Newman. That has proved to have been the wrong decision because Jamie Newman has been cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. So now he is a free agent. And that, and that is not good because he didn't even make it to regular camp. He got cut. What'd you say? Yeah, he didn't make it to mini camp. I mean, it's... It's June. <laughs> and he struggled in the and he struggled in the senior bowl. And I was wondering, because see, we've been I've been watching nothing but him and Trey Lance on QB Takeover Instagram account, stuff like that, because they've been training with Quincy all season. So I'm like, okay, okay, like all right, when was he gonna turn it on? So that's not good for him. Uh it's not good for the brand. But hopefully he gets a job and kind of figures that out. But also, Dev want to mention Joe Burr. I was listening to his interview that he did kind of talking about his whole the way he basically got to LSU, but it's good to see he's back. He's recovered from the whatever reconstruction leg injury that he has. His whole knee was tore apart. What'd you say? His, his whole knee was tore apart, and then they went and got and, and didn't take the best tackle. And yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew you. I think you even mentioned that in the last episode. So y'all make sure y'all go back to stream the last episode to hear Sterling talk about that. But I like I'm glad they got Jamar Chase, but like you said, I don't think they really got anybody to protect. Joe, and it's like, so he got that knee brace now. It's like, y'all, please don't let him have to get another one because y'all can't protect him. So do you see any improvements maybe happening on that uh, offensive line or are we expecting Joe to keep having to run for his life? Well, like I said, I, I sure hope that Jackson Carmen works out because that's that's the pick that y'all, that Cincinnati went with. 
Um, yeah, offensively, we could say there'll be an explosive dynamo with, you know, T. Higgins on one side, Jamar Chase on the other side, and I can't remember the Titans' name right now, but I'm sure he was pretty good. But you're in the division with the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Cleveland just picked up Jadavion Clowney along with Miles Garrett. That's, uh, so that's scary. That's, uh, that's Baltimore, so you know, Baltimore defensively is going to be tough. They're going to probably they're going to send a lot of blitzes. They're going to play cover zero. Uh, you know, man you up. You really force you to throw in tight windows and maybe have to make plays with your legs. Um, so that's going to be very tough. And then, you know, lastly, Pittsburgh with, you know, a, a dude that feels like he probably should have won defensive player of the year the last couple of years with TJ Watt. Uh, they'll get Bud Dupree back, I, I believe. Uh, they they will get Devin Bush back. Um, or the Bud Dupree leave, I can't remember. But they'll have at least TJ Watt on that defensive line. Um, Cam Hayward, of course. And that's going to be a tough task. So I really hope that Cincinnati taking Jackson Carmen is the best pick they could have possibly made, which it wasn't. But I really hope it works out for Joe Burrow's sake because at that point, we might as well just call it a career. So, uh, yeah, I really hope it works out for him. I think they've got to put some respect on that guy, that general manager of the Cleveland Browns. That man <laughs> has done some work. If you look at that roster, I had forgotten about that. Clowny, Miles Garrett. Uh, what you say? They went and got John Johnson as well from, yeah. uh, from the Rams. And if, if Delta comes back and he's looking great, I mean, they're, they're going to be good at safety. Cornerback-wise, uh, they, they still have Denzel. Um, they oh, they took a really good cornerback too in the draft, and they and they stole uh old boy from Notre Dame, and it's they're they're doing wonders right now in Cleveland. So we have to just see at this point now. I know it's getting off top, but Baker is Tom. This is <laughs> this it's Tom Baker. <laughs> like, ain't nothing. You still got Odell. You just somehow y'all got out of that whole circus and didn't have to trade Odell. So uh, you know it's it's Tom now, Baker. This is this is this is your window because you got they're gonna have to. And you got Jarvis, and you have the two-headed monster running back. Like that's what I'm saying. Like this team is really good, but hey, so Coop, yeah. So, but hey, in that AFC, like you, that division in itself is tough. Then you got Buffalo, and do you think Buffalo is gonna be able to keep that kind of going, that sustained success, or is that just like kind of like a one-year wonder? Uh, I, I think Buffalo is is now built a culture to where they're gonna be a consistent ball club. Okay, but. With Bill Belichick coming back with the crew this year, I, I still think they take King in the AFC. So, <laughs> you know, he got a crew. He got a, he played he played them tough last year with nobody. He got a crew now this year, and I, and I know he's heard all the whispers with the whole oh, Brady did this about you, and uh, Belichick got an ego too. And, and I want to I would not be one to to make him upset. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. But I think Buffalo will still be a you know at least a 10, 11 win team, and will probably be a high a high seed. But they might be in the wild card if they don't beat New England. Uh, twice. So. I can see Nick Saban and Bill Belichick probably somewhere in Alabama talking about guys, you know, draft picks and stuff like that. And just kind of maybe Belichick's asking Saban about some of his guys at Alabama and Saban looks over and goes, so y'all gonna get this thing together next year? And then, uh, <laughs> and then hold on, I'm trying to, to make this whole thing. And then so Belichick looks at the waiter, says, give me some black coffee. And he looks at Saban <laughs> and he says, you wait and see what we got in store this year. <laughs> I can see the whole thing. <laughs> No, and then the waitress says something like, can I get to it? Like, you want creamers? Absolutely not. Like, I just feel like those type of guys are guys that don't drink cream in their coffee. <laughs> hey, hey like, sound like the mob of some Goodfellas type stuff. We're going to keep it moving here. What are your thoughts on the Logan Paul Floyd fight? Did you think it was like kind of a money skit? Did you think, would you enjoy watching the fight? Uh, to talk to Man, it was definitely a money grab. I enjoyed watching the Chad Johnson fight. 
That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Chad, I, I really enjoyed watching the Chad Johnson fight. Uh, I like what Chad did. He, uh, he, he was better than I thought he would have been. He only got knocked down one time. Uh, to a dude that is that's fighting and professionally in bare knuckle, um, so uh, that's that's no slouch that he, he went against. It didn't you know didn't go out bad. And yeah, he he had his butt in the air that he wasn't trying to do, but you know he still he still had a great fight. Um, the Logan Floyd fight was what I kind of you know expected in a way. I was kind of trying to like put together this kind of uh, fantasy where like if they actually tried to beat each other. And I'm thinking about Logan Paul, who was significantly bigger than Floyd. All it took was one clean shot that maybe not float out just because just this simple, the weight difference and, you know, how big and power wise, like that could have happened, which I think could have maybe, maybe been, um, you know, a factor having that like Floyd and Logan in the, at the end of that first round, Logan kind of started wailing on him. And now the scenario is like, if Logan just wails on him and maybe he gets one through and maybe knocks him out, it could be something crazy, but that didn't happen. And yeah. Yeah, it was a money grab. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice performance. At least, at least it wasn't like Triller where they're all out of order and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> at least, at least it was you know on time. Showtime had to had to show on time. Things was moving at a fast pace, a good pace. Triller was all over the place when they did the Jake Paul and and Aspen thing, and that that was so that was so far along. So yeah, Floyd did say at the end of it, he's like he's not coming back to boxing and stuff. I heard Boosie was yelling at him about Floyd, don't do this. And so <laughs> shout out Boosie. Um, he was yelling like Floyd don't do it, but Floyd is kind of done with it. I think it is. Like maybe he does another exhibition or not, but I think I think sometimes it's good for him just kind of to rekindle the whole fire and then kind of like kind of they go spend the money somewhere else. Last but not least, though, Sterling, tell us about UFC. What's going on in UFC this weekend? I know this is football, but UFC is definitely currently trending upwards. I think they got to deal with body armor as far as being the number one like sports drink for it. So gotta give y'all the updates and the facts on what's going on in UFC. So Sterling, let us know what's going on. UFC 263, we got a huge card here. Um, yeah, we, we got three big, well, actually, I would say four big fights um, going on. Uh, Bilal Muhammad coming off of that painful, you know, main event showcase where he kind of got poked in the eye, went too many times by Leon Edwards. So he didn't really get his moment that he tried to get, but um, he's coming back versus a, a, a seasoned veteran in Damian Maya. Um, that should be a great fight. Uh, the big one, the return to Nate, well, not the big one, but one of the bigger ones, the return of Nate Diaz coming against Leon Edwards. Uh, this would be a big, I'd say, contender fight in terms of the welterweight championship based on who wins, how they win, uh, in the fashion that, you know, the fight goes down. Because right now, uh, Kamar Usman has kind of dusted everybody in the welterweight division. So Leon, given that he's on, I think, a seven-fight win streak, uh, Nate being that he's just a big name in general, um, if Leon can get that dub, maybe he'll finally get that title fight they've been waiting so long for. Uh, if Nate wins, now we're going to scenario where maybe if this Kobe fight doesn't get officially signed, Nate might jump the line and fight uh, Usman um, later on in the year. Just based on the money that he'll generate for the fight. And that Nate is such a big name that it'll, it's going to be a big fight because of Nate. <laughs> uh, then we go into the, uh, the flyweight title uh, rematch between Brandon Moreno and, and Davidson Figueredo. Uh, Figueredo had he said he had an illness before the Moreno fight, the first Moreno fight, which went the distance. And uh, Moreno showed really great boxing in that fight, great heart. Um, but I think in this one, you know, Figueredo, if he's fully healthy, the way he said he could have been, he'd probably sleep Moreno just because he's just so powerful and so quick. And then last but not least, certainly not least, we got Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. Um, 
this being a, a feud that started a couple of years back when they fought uh, for the first time in the same building, by the way, uh, where Vittori lost by a split decision, and he, in his heart, feels to this day that he won that fight. Um, Israel Adesanya coming off of a loss to John Blachowicz, uh, the lightweight title that he tried to go up for and get. Um, him coming off of that loss, I feel like he may be refocused, but it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I think, you know, it's an X factor with the wrestling factor of it because Vittoria has shown that he has great, you know, excellent wrestling skills, which could be the difference in the fight with a dude like Israel, who's such a great stand-up guy, could, you know, knock anybody out. And it's so technical uh, standing up, but um, it, it's a huge card, man. It's, it's, it's going to be huge coming up. UFC 263 is going to be a big card. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss this event, so. Is this uh, broadcasted on ESPN Plus, or where can people watch these at? Yeah, it's like on pay-per-view. So it's like you have to kind of have ESPN Plus and then buy the card when you get ESPN Plus. Personally, I'll try to find a bar. Uh, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings could work. Uh, well, you know, maybe Wild Wings if it's open, something like that. Or if you have a fire stick, go ahead and do as you please uh, and figure out uh, stream anything. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't have the funds to watch this event, go ahead and find a way to find it somewhere else. But um, you know, legally, if you can. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a big. It's gonna be a great fight. It's, it should be three great fights. Uh, huge card. Huge title implications, uh, two title fights. One, you could say title eliminator for the time being between Leon and Nate. Um, it, should, it should be great. It, the main card is going to be great. So, Sounds like a plan. So, y'all make sure y'all check that out. That is all we have for you today. We'll probably do this again. Let's see what's today's date. Today is June 9th. This dropped June 10th. We'll probably drop another one by the end of June. I just kind of got to, I'm not doing episodes every week because that's what we got college football in the NFL season for the fall. But this is just kind of sporadic. Once enough information is built up to, we're kind of like, all right, we got to get something out. But thanks, Sterling. Oh, oh, wait, wait, Matt. We can't, we can't let them go. If this is going to be a minute, we can't let them go without talking about the playoffs, at least a little. Oh, yeah. You're right. I know NBA is not your strong, the strongest, but we got to at least go a little bit, dive into the playoffs a little bit. You know, right, so okay, the Lakers are out. Uh, yeah. first round, nobody got me on record, but I, I said from the beginning that Phoenix will win that thing. I had it in seven, but then 80 got hurt, so it would it, it, it push back a game. But it's yeah, okay. and so, Phoenix and you've seen LeBron said he's switching his number to number six. I want to say, yeah, that should be hilarious. I, yeah, I think he's number six in the uh Space Jam movie coming up. He's doing a lot of promotion right now. Clearly doesn't care that he just got knocked out of the playoffs, which I understand, given that he played late into October last year. It's probably dog tired. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll just rest up, go ahead and promote, promote this Space Jam movie coming in the summer and be ready for next year. But I did see LeBron switching his number. Um, I think in a way he's kind of telling us that this is going to be his last, like, hurrah in a way, like this is, he's switching his number to six, probably gonna try to, you know, tap into some mode, maybe there, something, you know, psychological there where he could try to tap into that mode for one last season um, and make this kind of his last kind of title run. Cause he is, he is about to be 37 years old, I think, or he's already 37, one of the two. And he's getting up there in age, man, so. Yeah, he's getting so. a little bit older, but uh, okay. So do you see, got a couple questions. You think that, do you see the Suns taking it all the way to the top? I'm hearing a lot about the Utah Jazz as well, so. Just kind of go ahead and talk about both of those two things. Uh, uh, it's tough to say. I really like Phoenix. I, I really, I really love Chris Paul. That's like one of my favorite players. He's a, such a great leader. Um, but they're so young. I just don't know. Uh, and I don't know how, you know, 
getting deeper into the playoffs, how well they will play against more experienced teams like Utah. Like, even though Utah, you know, you could say Donovan Mitchell and D-Book are basically the same age-ish in that way, that team is so experienced in these type of uh, environments in terms of the playoffs, being in big games, you know, constantly. Um, I could see – or even a team like the Clippers that's playing Utah currently. Um, the only reason I'm not missing the Nuggets because I just don't think they're going to have enough without Murray. Yeah. Um, those other three teams definitely have enough talent and, uh, you know, veteran savvy players around to where I just feel like Phoenix just might be a little too inexperienced, but nothing can be counted out when it comes to Chris Paul, because he'll make them experienced in a, a, a tick. Apparently any team he goes to, it, it happens. Um, Utah's so deep. Uh, they, they're so big. They're so deep, you know, in terms of their rotations, how far they go into the bench with Gobert and, being your starter center, you can come in with favors and you could, you know, keep cycling those guys out. So many playmakers on the floor with Bogdanovich and, and Ingles and Clarkson being a six-man of the year. So I think Utah's, you know, they're such a deep team. But the same thing with the Clippers. I mean, they have a lot of firepower with Kawhi Leonard. So I don't see that happen. Oh, my train. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't understand this. Like, it just, it was, what was it, 10 minutes ago that it wasn't here and I was back? Like, what's going on right now, man? I'm hey. trying to talk about the playoffs. And, and the <laughs> Thomas comes back yelling at everybody. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But, but yeah, I, I just think Phoenix is a little too young at this point. Um, but I will say them having that crowd, they have the Phoenix is giving those young guys so much confidence. It's, it's crazy the way those guys are playing, especially campaign who we didn't see coming. We, the last time we saw campaign basically was him dancing with Russell Westbrook before the games. So to see him play the way he's been playing, Phoenix is, is looking really good, but I just think, Utah just might have too much for them if they run into Utah. So, so who do you see coming out of the West? It's tough. Uh, I might have to. I don't even have. See, I don't even have the Clippers winning this series against Utah. Yeah. But at the same time, I just believe in Chris Paul so much <laughs> in terms of Phoenix and how Devin Booker's been playing, like, I want to pick Phoenix. Like, I want to pick them to come out of the Western Conference, but I'm going to go – I really want to pick, pick Phoenix, but I'm going to go with Utah. I'm going to go with Utah because I think when it comes down to it, if they run into each other, one, two, uh, DeAndre Aiden going to have to be effective, and Rudy Gobert being the, the defensive player of the year that he is, um, being able to maybe – take that element out of Phoenix's game and make everybody else have to, you know, do what Aiton couldn't do in terms of getting their own shots, things like that, uh, might be might be a little too much. And Utah's bench is so deep and they're so experienced now in these moments that I, I'm going to have to go with Utah. I'm going to go with Utah. Come on, okay. West. And then Brooklyn, I uh, heard James Harden messed up his hamstring a little bit. Do you see Brooklyn taking over the East or you think somebody could sneak up on them or what's, what's the case? It's Brooklyn. It's like, I don't know if you was there, but we had a discussion about Brooklyn, like before the Harden trade. And then when it happened and through this whole process, I've been saying people just overthinking this Harden, this, this Brooklyn team, like you're overthinking it too much. They're going to score too many points. <laughs> the yeah. defense in the playoffs, when you can play more physical, it's easier to play defense anyway. That's going to wrap up in the playoffs. And bottom line, they have three of the best scorers in the NBA when Harden's healthy. Even when he's not healthy, you have Kyrie, who I, I don't know who's, gonna guard, who's guarding Kyrie anytime soon. Kevin Durant, you, you, you certainly can't guard Kevin Durant anytime if you want to. Even if you, you know, try to be his whatever, you can't guard Kevin Durant. And then 
their role players are playing so effectively. They all understand their roles perfectly. Joe Harris has probably one of the prettiest jump shots I've seen in the league. And, you know, along with Steph and, and Clay, in terms of just pure form shooting, like Joe Harris has a beautiful jump shot. He, he doesn't miss much. Um, Bruce Brown understands his role. Blake Griffin's come alive. Uh, who else is on? Uh, uh, Claxton comes in when it needs to be. They need a big physical body to, to rim run and, and to, you know, be a force in the paint defensively as well I just think Brooklyn's the Brooklyn's gonna win even if they play the team like Philly you know maybe in the, in the conference championship or if they play Atlanta they're gonna even if they played Atlanta they'll outscore Atlanta <laughs> like Brooklyn outscores any like Brooklyn just outscores all there's there's not a team that can score with them and defensively I think they'll get enough stops when it matters to beat everybody so I think we might have a Brooklyn and Utah NBA finals that's that's what I'm feeling so. Hey, and kind of just to mention the first round again of the playoffs, I thought it was really cool to watch the Atlanta, New York kind of go back and forth. You had Trey <laughs> on giving buckets and saying, having what he's having, saying what he's having, saying what he was saying. And you got to see New York kind of get, get behind those Knicks. So I think it's really good for the sport whenever those two main markets are kind of going at each other and super competitive. Yeah, yeah, it was great to see uh, the Knicks back in the playoffs because those fans were absolutely unbelievable. I was watching game one of that of that series, and I, I felt like I was at the game. That's how crazy Memphis Square Garden. I thought I was there uh, with the, the Trey Young chance, but then it, was, it was also beautiful to see one of those, those signature big player moments that those guys that are, that are known and, and well in the NBA history, they have moments at MSG, and Trey Young had himself a moment at MSG when he hit the game winner. Man, he, he's back. Golly, it, it, what was what time did he? It, it was three minutes ago. Like, yeah, what is going on? <laughs> Yo, but yeah, he had one of those big moments. Like every great player has a moment. D Wade's had a moment there. MJ, of course, Kobe, LeBron. They all have those big Madison Square Garden moments. <laughs> you know, in terms of playoffs, Reggie Miller was that guy, um, and plenty others. So uh, he had that moment, and everybody got to finally see Trey Young. Uh, you know, is a, is a superstar in this league. I feel like, and they can stop with the the whole Luca thing. You know that, that the trade was so lopsided and all that baloney that was spewing for a couple of years before <laughs> Trey got a coup. And now all of a sudden, this Trey has help and Luca has no help. So you know, it's going to keep going back and forth. No matter what, no matter what Trey Young does, it's going to be something. Uh, but bottom line, Trey Young won the playoff series. Uh, you know, before Luca, he is <laughs> he's done. You know, as as much as people want to make that that this lopsided deal of, of Trey Young and the Luka trade and everything. I think it worked out perfectly for both franchises. They got their type of guys. They got their for those, for those particular cities and those franchises. Um, but right now it seems to be Trey Young's time. Uh, they're in a tough one against Philadelphia. I don't know. Now that DeAndre Hunter is out for the playoffs with a meniscus tear, I don't know exactly how they're going to shake out, but I have a feeling Atlanta's going to pull it off. Um, I think in the end, Atlanta will pull it off and beat Philly in the, in the second round. And we have a Brooklyn, Atlanta, uh, East, East Finals, and Brooklyn will just have too much for them. So. Yeah, it seems to me that Trey Young and Devin Booker, both of their stock has continued to rise throughout these playoffs. Booker seems like Booker's on like Instagram and Twitter and all the apps every single day with a pose <laughs> of some sort that he's doing. So really been cool to watch uh, that. But that <laughs> That is all we got for y'all today, Sterling. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – all right, go ahead real quickly. Go ahead. Uh, I, I go, look, I'm a, I look, guys, I'm a Heat fan, okay? Uh, we're going to get Damian Lillard there, so stop with the, the Dame to New York stuff and the Dame to L.A. stuff. No, we're getting Damian Lillard in Miami 
He's going to be right there with Kawhi whenever he leaves the Clippers because they're going to lose the second round too. And we're going to have a great team next year. He's going to be coming back with a vision. Pat Riley's going to make a bunch of good moves. We're going to be back. We're going to be back in East running next year. I'm telling you. You think Dame y'all Kawhi, get, You think y'all get Dame for it? We will get Dame and Kawhi in the. We will get Dame Dame a little bit in Kawhi in Miami. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. How soon do we think? That, we're that's my hope as a Heat fan. That's my hope. That's my hope. How soon so. do you think we're getting that y'all are getting Dame? Next year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to call my shot. I need, you know, as a as a fan, I I need them. I need both of them. I need both of them. Hey, I think Wade County could truly could use uh Wade County could definitely use Dame Lillard time. Uh yes. coming across the half court to shoot the shot. But uh that's all we have for you today. I thought Sterling was gonna say another thing, I'm trying to kind of keep these episodes somewhat concise. Y'all make sure I never do this, but we I kind of need to start. Make sure y'all rate the podcast. Uh, I would truly appreciate that. Also, make sure you follow the as I'm looking up the Instagram. I think I know. Uh, make sure you follow, I mean, that you yeah, follow the Instagram account, Matt's Sports House. So that's two S's Matt's and Sports House on Instagram. Don't really worry about the Twitter. You can follow the Twitter, but really the Instagram is a We're trying to get that to 100. We started at zero. We almost had 100. Started from the bottom. We're here. So, uh, thank you. What'd you say? What'd you say? Okay. I said, then go ahead and follow Instagram as well. You know, you know. All right, Sterling. What's your at? Sterling underscore Harris. Go ahead and follow me on the ground. Might have some debates, have some things coming up. Uh, you know, just have some great conversations. Hey, some great things in the works. But that's all we have for you all today. Thanks for listening. Peace. Told him I was gonna be some. That broke shit made me sick, big appetite with a weak stomach. Ain't had nowhere to go, nigga. I was lost in them streets running. Then I hit Rodeo just to get stylish, ran through 300. Just happy I did it, nigga. Nobody ever gave me none. Flexing so hard, I might pull a muscle, but I just keep stunning. 30 in the mag, you get body bag, I'm just gonna keep dumping. Police give a hammy, I'ma press the gas, I'm just gonna keep stumping. I'm just gonna.